So TikTok just deleted my account with approximately 300,000 followers, and 294 to be exact, over 100 million views in the last two and a half years, 30 months. And definitely just stopped me from making millions of dollars. And I'll explain why that's the case. Now, there's a couple things I'm going to cover today is number one, is this fair? Um, is this fair is going to be a little theme for you? Okay. I'm, I'm making this podcast because this right here or what this loss that I'm about to take or that I just took is bigger than me. And, and it's not to say, oh, it's bigger than me because people follow me. No, I'm saying you too are making, you're taking losses right now. Somebody right now, I lost 300,000 followers, my whole, you know, over a thousand videos. They deleted everything. Millions of, of dollars I just lost. But someone just lost something worse. Or you're losing something. Or when you want to lose something, I want you to rewatch this video. I want you to rewatch this video. I want you to re-listen to this audio. I want you to re come back here. That's what I want you to do. I want you to come back here. Is it fair? I'm gonna teach you about is it fair? <laughs> is it fair? Yeah, we're gonna get into that. Also, I'm gonna be going over some things that creators, entrepreneurs, or those that working for a company that you've been working for and you're happy there, or you're working for a company and you've been working there for years. I have a message for you. I'm going to bring you through a story and I'm going to bring you through the history of 2021 to 2023. But the theme again, is it fair? I'll tell you if it's, if it's fair now. And then now what, what are you going to do? I'll tell you now what on Christmas, I had an aunt unexpectedly pass away a week before my 30th birthday, me signing my book deal. The day that I found out I got an official contract, my uncle died. My closest uncle died. The youngest uncle died. On my birthday, when I turned 30 years old, it was the same day that they planned my uncle's funeral. I was in a funeral home saying goodbye to one of the loves of my life. The same day I just turned 30, but the same day it's supposed to be celebration to go sign the book deal. I, Christmas 2023, a couple weeks ago, my aunt passes away. I come home. And I felt intuitively that I have to do something different. And I'll tell you through the story. You're going to see a pattern for those that are losing things, for those that feel like you, 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 you don't know what to do right now. Things seem hard. Things seem a challenge. I got a reminder for you. Anytime when it comes up, is it fair or can I catch a break? I got something for you. The day on New Year, after New Year's, January 2nd, after doing all this running around and planning funerals and trying to, you know, flying, planning to fly my grandmother to go bury her sister, I go downstairs. I post a video on YouTube and podcast about how to accomplish your new goals in 2024. In that podcast, I told you, you, in order to become the new version of yourself, you have to build a new version of you. I sat at my desk, it was eight o'clock, and after posting and doing these things, I said, you know what, let's check some analytics on TikTok. If it's worth it, I may cut this up and put it on TikTok. I went on TikTok, they said that you're permanently banned. I said, this is a glitch. So I closed the app out, opened back up, tried to log in, you're banned. Do you, uh, do you disagree with this and something like that? 
I just said, I think there's a misunderstanding here. I didn't do anything. Like, I'm like, this is definitely a misunderstanding. But then as I sat there, I started to, I, I, I started to sense on like, this isn't a misunderstanding. The history of me from 2021 to 2023, I was suspended 20 times on TikTok. It first started off being suspended for a week, and then it went on to be for a month. When I was getting suspended, when I was allowed to get back on the app, I had the ability to make a report. And my, my request with the report was, can you tell me why am I being suspended? And they would tell me it was a misunderstanding. Sorry, it was a misunderstanding. Their misunderstandings took me out for a month of making content. This, their misunderstandings took a month out of driving traffic, you know, as, my, as a coach, driving my content. From 2021 to 2022, I grew to 200,000 followers. Within three months on TikTok, I grew to 100,000 followers. But every time I would grow five to 10,000 followers, I'd get suspended, which was confusing. In the middle of, um, at the end of 2022, I was being suspended while even opening the app. I stopped even wanting to go on the app because I found that every time I went on, something came up that brought me and got me in trouble. Going into 2023, I felt very stressed or very ag aggravated. I didn't even want to do TikTok anymore, to be quite honest with you. I got banned again. I mean, not banned. I'm sorry. Suspended. I never got banned. This is the first time I ever got banned. I'm permanently banned. They deleted all my videos, over a thousand videos. They do all that. Is it fair, Nate? You didn't do anything. I got something for that. The 19th time that I got suspended, I have my notes down here. The 19th time I had got suspended, they told me the reason why they suspended me was because I showed a picture that was immature and they showed me the photo. It was a photo of the digestive tract. No, no sexual organs shown, no nipples, no nothing. It was the liver, pancreas, large intestines, small intestines. They banned me for a month there. I said, this is a digestive tract. I don't get what is inappropriate. They said, sorry for the misunderstanding. The last time I got suspended, it was for five minutes, which was the shortest it's ever been. And it was during a live when I was uh, teaching people how to ground themselves when they're in fight or flight and what they can do. And then I got suspended for like five minutes or I couldn't go on for a couple of minutes. It wasn't as bad as it used to. I'm like, oh, wow, I guess they're not going to suspend me that much. And I'm again, I make a report. I made probably over 100 reports over the course of 30 months. Within 30 months of being on TikTok, I grew my following to 294,000, overreached, I mean, um, reached over 100 million views and was able to leverage that to fight for a book deal or negotiate for a book deal. When you go get a book deal, I have 20 plus thousand subscribers on YouTube. I have, I'm top 5% podcaster on, on Spotify. I have the story. I have the education. I have the teachings. I have everything you need to be able to get a book deal. I have the celebrity um, credentials as far as uh, testimonials and those that are willing to write a blurb. I, I hit everything. They don't care. They want to know how many followers you have. So when they would only entertain that if the following is there because they don't want to, they don't, they want to save money on marketing. They want you to sell your own book, which 
I mean, I want to sell my own book, but what I'm saying to you is you can have the best story in the world. And that's not, I'm not saying that's, I'm not going to say that I don't want to kill your dreams if you have, if you're an author, but just know when you are going to try to get a, a traditional publishing deal, they're going to be asking how many followers you have, your audience. Even though I had a strong audience, I, um, TikTok was the thing that got me people to take a meeting with me. But the thing that really got me my deal was the fact that I knew everything about analytics and I knew I never spent a dollar on an ad to get a client. I don't spend money on advertisements at all. And I don't hit you with the 30% of information and then you can find the other 70% by buying my program. I don't do that. I built an organic audience. So they were pretty surprised by that. So throughout my whole tune, 30 months of being on TikTok, out of 30 months, I was suspended 10 months out of the 30 months. So really 20 months that I was on TikTok. They suspended me. My, my suspensions came out to 10 months. What happened from there is my goal was I would continue to serve my community on this application. I never asked them to buy something from me or I never drive them towards somewhere. If they want to book a call with me, they have that option. But the only thing I'm next year, if I get a book deal, what I'll do is I'll use my audience just to buy a book for 20 bucks. If I get my clients to buy a book for 20 bucks, the number one doubt that they have of me is I could not sell a book. The, I signed a traditional publishing deal, not you know with a, a very great publishing house, but there's something called the top five. The top five book, um, publishers, none of them want to take me because they didn't think I can sell a book. And I said, I will sell my book to the person scanning my groceries. I'm a hustler. But more importantly, I'm very confident how much my book is going to help people. It's cute. Was basically a short, save you a lot of time of what they said to that. Cute, Nathan, you're cute. So I said, okay, bet. I'll show you. I knew for a fact I can convert. I had a certain amount approximately 5,000 sales I can do by myself just by doing TikTok lives. I converted, I, I know my conversion uh, numbers. I know the threshold of my conversions. I did TikTok lives and I would announce that I have a workshop and I had $1,000 workshops for two days, life-changing. Sold every one of them out. Then I said, I have to find a way to get this overhead down so I can make it even more affordable at 197 the $1,000 workshops took about 14 days to sell. The $197 took about four. So I know if I can sell a $20 book, and I know for a fact I can sell a $20 book, and a $20 book that has a, almost everything I'm teaching you on the board, but now it's in your hand. When I found out that I was permanently, um, permanently banned, my intuition led me right. I was, I was a good boy to the point where I didn't, I, the content that I started to create was, it was very, it was, I would watch it four times before posting it because I did not want to get in trouble because I knew that 
people on one side was doubting that I can sell a book and didn't understand how strong of an audience I had. That I can fly. I was flying to San, San Antonio, Los Angeles, Chicago, Florida. I never been to these. I never, I never been to Texas. I never been to San Francisco. I never been to Chicago. I would announce that I'm going to do a workshop there. I would look on PeerSpace for looking for the cheapest, not the cheapest, the lowest amount of people that can come to this workshop. Usually the minimum was 8 to 16. When I went to Texas, the minimum amount of seats that I can rent was 16. I'm like, I'm only doing, I'll be lucky if I have four people show up. I go on TikTok Live and I said, okay, I have a workshop coming up that I'm going to be doing in April. If anybody's interested, you can go there. Sold it out in two days. Did not know I was going to do that. Los Angeles, I booked a place with 15 seats, had 22 people show up. Chicago, I had, I, 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 I was not planning. I was, I think I had like 15 or actually I had 12 seats in Chicago. I did not, I made a mistake on my website and did not put a limitation. I had 30 people sign up. I made, I had to, at the same time, I, I had to change my New York license for a New Jersey license and it expired right before I went. And I did that two weeks ago and my license didn't come 24 hours before going to Chicago. So I called everybody and said, listen, I may have to cancel. I can refund you your money. I'm so sorry about this. Soon as I got finished calling everybody and giving them an early notice, my license comes in the mail. I end up calling everybody back like, hey, it came. I can still half of them already refunded. Some of them came back. Some of them decided that they made other plans. 15 people went to Chicago, asked the lady, can I change my seats here? Can I pay you more money to get that bigger office over there? This one is a little tight. I have a little more people. Plus, there's no windows. I want these people to have the best experience. They come. I'm meeting people that tell me everything about my life I never met. That's the beauty that an experience that I had on that application. I'm very grateful for all those that I've came across and that came across me. But the app itself it's low vibes when i first got on tiktok making videos first it was known for dancing and then it got to a point where people were coming on there spreading truth the truth about your gird the truth about your hip flexors or how to take full control of your mind how to think more positive it was very inspiring and then it came from everybody and their cousin became tiktok famous and it became all about a trend to sell a product, and I was not a fan of it at all. And then the biggest complaint I get from hundreds and hundreds of emails, Nate, do you ever go on live? I said, yes, I do. You didn't, I have the notification, I follow you, it never shows me when you go on live. If that happened to you and you're able to comment on this, comment that below. If you're on Spotify, comment on that. If you if you're listening to this on Apple or something, go find a way to make that comment. How many of you stopped seeing me go live? I was going live every month. People didn't see that. There was a time when I was in Los Angeles. I had all these opportunities. I was doing all these things. Something in my heart told me you have to go home. I didn't like the fact that I wanted to make more content, but I got fat. I got fat and I was working from an upgrade from 2019, the consciousness, the, the education, my enthusiasm, the last time I upgraded myself, just like your iPhone, iOS, the, my last upgrade was 2019. From 2019, I went on and on and on and on and on and on, and I was like, I have to go home. I'm leaving everything. So in 2023, I came home. 
and I had things just, I became more in tune with myself. I came home at 270 plus pounds, around 276. I'm sitting in front of you at 246. I lost 30 pounds. When I got home, something told me, it just hit me out of nowhere. It was a random thought. If these people delete me one day, what happens? Now, that was always something that always went through my mind. But this time it was like, yo, I got I to gotta wise up on this. Even though I didn't do anything, I haven't, oh my God, thank God, I haven't gotten a suspension in so long. But then again, I'm not posting. It's making me hesitant to post. It made me a perfectionist on wanting to post. And it made that same energy. It became subconscious going on YouTube and posting. And even podcasting. I started overthinking with podcasting. I started editing my own podcast. I'm, I'm trying to shorten it up. I'm like, yo, maybe this ain't right. This I started overthinking and taking my the love I have for what I do to make it for the algorithm. And so I don't get in trouble. So what I decided to do is I went on live and I created a call to action that was very different. And I said, if you enjoy this live, you never know what can happen to me. They may not show you my live or one day I may wake up and they may take this away from me. If you want to stay a part of this, I can give you, I can stay in contact and give you more information week by week. You can join my tribe for free. Link in the bio. And I try to send informative, motivating emails. Out of the 50 emails I sent in 2023, about three or four of them had a call to action as a reminder that I'm doing a workshop. Every other one was giving you, if you're on the email list, but it gave value. I value giving value. So when I sat here and I went through that, something told me to do that. And I had a couple thousand people join the list. And then I told myself, Nate, you need, when you get back from all this stuff and you are back home right before the holidays, you need to reinvest into redoing all your content. You need to take it to the next level. You need to do this. You need to give it your all. And honestly, the reason why I said that is because I told my fiance, 2024 is going to be my last year of making content. It's going to be my last year for everything. I'm walking away from everything. The first thing I actually told her was, I'm actually going to be walking away from everything next week. And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm walking away from everything. I'm done with this. One of the reasons why that came up is because I had meetings with other famous authors and influencers and all that. And they were telling me, what I had to do in order to get my book to sell. And they were telling me I would have to go to conferences for other authors that are doing a conference, wait for them, introduce myself, and then shoot my shot to try to get them to read my book or their email. And then like, um, this was an interesting one, go on social media, start liking all their videos and then leaving comments for two weeks and then DMing them and telling them I would love for them to leave me a blurb on my book. I looked at these people and I said, hell no. I ain't doing none of that. <gasps> oh my God. No. They were taken back. What do you mean no? We can connect you with this person. No. I ain't doing none of that. If my book doesn't sell naturally, I'm not, I would never sit here 
and act fake and kiss up to people to try to sell a book. What? And then like, uh, and it was at this moment that I noticed that I allowed, I allowed the fear of getting suspended, the fear of disappointing a celebrity that I didn't like how they treated their employees. I allowed these things to stop me from being me. Each of us have a dark side. We all have a dark side. And Carl Jung says you can't fully, truly thrive and live until you embrace that dark side. My dark side is I'm from the streets, bro. Like, I'm, I'm nice. I want to help. But when I, people disrespect me or when people are taking advantage of me, I stop allowing my dark side because I was, it's bad or it's not appropriate. And from that, I lost millions of dollars. Yeah. Millions of dollars. There were things that I went through. When I, when I was getting suspended for months, those, those times of the months that I was getting suspended for, you have an, I had a strong audience to the point where I had things lined up that my audience was looking forward to that I can no longer, it, it was no longer there. Now, I always drove my audience to my email list, but my, they were like, why would I go there if I'm literally following you, right? That was like the mantra of them until I made it known and said, hey, if they get rid of me one day, we may never see each other again. Now, why would they get rid of me? Nah, I'm not doing nothing. I'm not doing. But I started to learn in Hollywood. And then I also started to learn on TikTok, really. People do not like the truth. People don't like the truth. People don't like the truth. Just like that. The truth about simple things too. It's not like I'm out here, like I'm not a politician or I don't do conspiracy theories. If you have GERD, the chances of you having low stomach acid is higher than the chances of you having too much stomach acid. That is a fact. There's no conspiracy about that. That's the type of information I was, you know, teaching. <laughs> You're going to ban me for that? I wonder why. Maybe it was that. Maybe it wasn't that. I don't know. And that was just an example. I'm not saying that particular subject. But what I'm saying to you is I, I lost millions of dollars with, with, how would I say this? I lost millions of dollars for not getting the credit for half of the people that you know, it, they're very popular people, that not only did a body transformation, but a mental health transformation where some of these things took them away from doing concerts or even playing a sport. I was the guy that worked with them. I didn't get the credit and I didn't fight. Is that fair? Is that fair? Oh my God, is that fair? I'm gonna bring you through fair, baby. I'm gonna bring you through fear. Is it fair? At the same time, TikTok was taking advantage of me. I was being nice. All the reports I have, hey, excuse me, I just want to 
um, contact you and want to see, is there anything I'm doing wrong? I'm confused and keep getting, this is getting a little out of hand, X, Y, and Z. It was a misunderstanding. So the day that they deleted and permanently banned me, my fiance said, I can contact my manager. My, for those that don't know, my fiance is um, an actress. She, and her manager, she was like, I can contact my manager. I said, no, don't do that. And then she goes, well, you know this person, you know this person. And I said, I'm not contacting nobody. In fact, those that are listening right now, I'm telling you right now, I didn't even tell my father. I didn't tell my brother. I didn't tell my best friends. There's only three people I told. This happened on Tuesday. Today's Thursday. I'm filming this right now at 928 at night. And I'm going to put it up at night. I'm going to put it up raw. I'm not editing. I ain't doing none of that right now. Because I want the motion. I want you to feel my emotion. Why didn't I fight it? Or why I'm not fighting it? Of course, when it first happened, you, get, I, I, you know, you have, do you disagree or you can um, disagree or whatever and what's your reason? I, I, I think this is a misunderstanding. I haven't gotten a violation in almost a year, basically like eight months. I did a TikTok live on Sunday on, on December 31st, 2023 on telling people how they can change their life. In 2000, how to actually make your dreams into a reality, how to actually accomplish your goals in 2024. I didn't get banned after that, though. I didn't get banned on January 1st. I got banned two days later. I didn't open up the app for the two days. I didn't post anything for two days. I didn't do anything. I went on at night. I actually found out when I told somebody, they said, oh, actually, Nate, I knew you got banned because, you know, when, when, you know, I'm working with this person and they're like, they were waiting for me to say something. And I, you know, they're like, and I know they had to know something. Right. And they're like, I know I wanted to tell you that I went on your TikTok at 10 o'clock in the morning to show a friend a video. Then they asked me to send them that video at 11. I went to open up to send the video and your, your page was gone. And I said, did, did, was there anything, did it get hacked? Was it weird things going up? She was like, no, it just went, it was just gone. I said, huh, funny, crazy. When you get a notification, when you do something wrong, there's a specific notification that comes up on the application. So subconsciously, I became scarce to the point where I always, you, you know, before I go live, I was like, am I being, am I being a good boy? For, I don't want to be misunderstood. <laughs> Am I being a good boy? Hopefully I don't get suspended for no reason. But what kept me on there is the beautiful human beings that I've met in person. I never, ever in my life um, thought that, I don't know. You, you, when you see 300 people on the live for two hours, it's a number. You kind of dis, get disassociated with it. But then out of nowhere, you like, oh, I'm coming to Texas. And then you have all these people there. I'm like, oh, my God. People flying in from Florida, driving down from Oklahoma, driving six hours through Texas to come see you. I'm like, this is, this is wild. That, that it was the people. I sat in my office from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock in the morning. And for those that know me, I go to bed early. I'm, like a, I'm on schedule because I want to get up early. And I sat there and my ego wanted to go with, for what was right. 
but not as much, not as much as the, the old me. I would have made phone calls. The old me would have called everybody. The new me is a whole different ball game. I'm tapped in right now. And what I, I, the first thing I look for, and this is what I want all of you to look for when you're taking a lot of losses. Don't look at the loss. There's two things. Number one, instead of trying to, why am I losing? Or why, why? don't do that first. That's overwhelming for the brain. And that's going to re, re-trigger the old version of you. Instead, you got to train the brain, even if it, it took me four hours. I sat there looking at a wall for four hours. I'm not lying, I swear to God. Four hours, a piece of paper and a pen. And no, nothing. I just stared at the wall and I said, what is coming up? And I happened to find, I found a pattern. I want you to see if there's a pattern. Is it fair that I got, that I lost my account, 300,000 followers? I knew exactly how many books I needed to sell on my own to be able to make another thing flow. And that other thing flow makes this thing flow. We're talking about, I'm not exaggerating. I swear to God, I don't like exact millions of dollars we're talking about. But is it fair? Let's go through it. Is it fair? I'm going to share something real personal with you. There's a, for every little thing in life, if you do not train yourself to look at the cycles and look at the rhythms and the patterns, you will always be stuck. Is it fair? I came into this world on heroin. My father is a black man. My mother's a white woman. When I grew up, I was the first black person in my mother's side of the family. My older brother and sister, in, in, in fact, were Puerto Rican. My grandmother gave me my mother's married last name. When I was born, I was not allowed to leave the, the hospital. I was on heroin. I had to go to ICU. I spent months in rehab as a newborn, dying and, and coming back and surviving and dying and overdosing, seizures with all this medication that they put me on to keep me alive. When it was time to pick me up, one day they tell my parents I died. The next parent, the day they tell them I'm going to live. They called the emergency contact. They couldn't get in touch with my, my parents. My white grandmother came to pick me up and gave me my mother's married last name, Ortiz. My real last name is Turner. When I grew up, my older brother and sister never, they always told me, you're not a real brother. My family and the people around me reminded me that I wasn't one of them. They reminded me that my father was a black man. My father was never allowed to go in their house. I had to talk to my father outside of a window. He wasn't allowed to come in. Either I go outside with him or I have to talk to him through a window. Is that fair? Let's keep going. From that, from that time when I was young, I had something in me that I, I, I said to myself, my life is going to be different. I was like, probably like three, four years old. I'm like, I got to be different. So immediately I would start studying. My father was a drug dealer. My uncle's a drug dealer. I grew up with, I was surrounded by drug dealers. And then the other, I, one side was drug dealers. The other side was addicts. I lived with both. And I would study the behaviors of human beings. And say, why didn't this drug dealer get arrested yet? 
like my father. Why? And my father used to always tell me when I was young, he said, Nate, I do not, selling drugs is not cool. I ha it's my, I, I, I'm trying to find a way to be a father to provide. And I said, Dad, how come you can't just get me? It's not fair. I don't have new shoes, Dad. It's not fair. And my father said, Pa, I never would make more money than what we need to survive. Because when you do that, now God knows I'm doing what I got to do to try to make it. But now he, he knows that I'm taking advantage. So when I'm telling my dad, it's not fair that I can't get new sneakers. At like six, seven years old, my dad's telling me, he gave me one of the most powerful things that he could have ever given me was this mindset that I have. My whole life growing up, my older sister ended up killing my niece. I lost my whole family. I went to school at 11 years old. Sorry, I told you, I'm not editing that out, by the way. I'm sorry about that. That guy right there wants to wake up the whole neighborhood. But when I was 11 years old, my sister killed my niece. My sister went to prison. My brother went to prison. I went to school the next day. Nobody wanted to sit next to me because they thought I was a killer. They thought I was somebody that came from this family that was evil. Is that fair? Is that fair? I got to the point where I had all this emotion in me. I was an innocent child that was trying to go through life. To survive. I was homeless. I was hungry. I was poor. And every time I did things that seemed that I was, I did everything I can to be a good human being, something slipped me from under the feet. And when I was 11 years old, that changed. It still happened, but my perspective changed. When I lost my family, I sat there and said, I got to change something. I woke up the next morning after one week of Mr. Fernandez, which I put up on YouTube and podcasts, put the interview, him chasing me down, a Cuban man chasing me down. You got to come talk to me. You got to come talk. I was like, you know what? I do have to come talk to you. I had that man in the gym every morning for therapy. You wanted to, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. You got to catch my rebounds. We did that for three years straight and never missed a day of school. I went home, no electricity. I went home, mother's getting high. I went home, mother's selling the food stamp card to get high. I went home, my mom beat me with a bat. Is that fair? That's not fair. But you know what? I'm going to make something out of it. Because if I focus on how, if it's fair or not, where's that going to get me? I got to move on to the next thing. I took that anger. I took the depression. I took the embarrassment of, of people thinking in a certain way. And I zoned in on me. I told you at a young age, I studied people. The hustlers on the street. And I learned that the, the smartest ones were the ones that didn't tell you what they were going to do. The smartest ones never made excuses. The smartest ones weren't too flashy. The smartest ones didn't kiss and tell. So I woke up every day, 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning, 
and I went in the gym, went in the gym, train, train, train. I ended up playing for the number one basketball school in the country. It's called St. Anthony's. It was coached by legendary coach Bob Hurley, senior, who's mentioned in my book that comes out later this year. My three years of hard work end up getting a full scholarship to private school. The poor little boy that didn't have a place to stay, that nobody wanted to be around, did the impossible. Did the impossible. I get there, I play basketball, I happen, I'm 6'3". I'm a pretty tall guy. I happen to be the shortest guy on my basketball team. Everybody's 6'9", 6'7". After two years, Hurley pulls me to the side and says, Nate, they're going to start a football program here. You should try it. I said, football? I'm like, I never played football. He said, you should try football. I'm like, ah, I, don't, I don't know. I left. I felt so sad that the, the guy I wanted to play for and, and I thought I was going to D1 and then get him full scholarship, he told me I should try football because I had a better chance. I go play football. I go try it out. First practice, they knocked me out. Why? Because I was a basketball player and they just started a football program and they did not like Hurley boys. His name is Bob Hurley. I was a Hurley boy. I was a full scholarship. And they called me a pretty boy. They did, they did a lot. They knocked me out. They aired me out. They hit me so hard that I saw three people when I got up and I couldn't catch my breath. I never played football a day in my life. The day that I just run, they knocked me out. I went home and I said, Dad, it's not fair that they're not supposed to hit me like that. I was 16 years old. I said, Dad, it's not fair that they, they just hit me like that. I said, I've been working so hard. The coach isn't playing me. He told Bob Hurley that I should go play football. I come and play football, Dad, and he's not even playing me. And then he's letting the guys hit me a certain way like they're playing dirty. Dad, I may call my cousins to run up on these kids. Dad, I may call the, the kids from the hood to come down here. See, I grew up in Jersey City. It's a very big city. I was from Holland Garden Projects, right? Right by the Hudson River. My mom and my father met each other there. My family's from there. My mother got Section 8 when she got out of prison when I was nine years old. We end up moving to another town for one year, and then we end up moving to Jersey City Heights. My father started to move on. The, he grew up as a kid on the other side of town. My father, remember, my father's in that, I'm black, right? I'm light-skinned. I'm a light-skinned black man with a Spanish last name that looks like a fake Puerto Rican or Dominican. I blend right in with that community, right? My whole life, I wasn't black enough and I wasn't white enough. But then my mother ended up getting Section 8 in a community called um, Jersey City Heights where there were Dominicans. I never met a Dominican in my life. I grew up with Puerto Ricans, blacks, and whites. I met a Dominican. I saw a Dominican in a, in a, in a dark-skinned Cuban speaking Spanish. I called my dad. I'm like, Dad. There's black people speaking Spanish. Why are you teaching me Spanish? I said, Pa, those are Dominican and Cubans. So when I used to go to my dad's neighborhood, I used to walk down certain blocks. I'm not from that, I'm not from that area. People know my dad, but not everybody, right? My dad was a very notorious known person on the street, but there were some people, remember, you grew up, you didn't have problems with people on the street. The amount of times that I got jumped or I had fights with four guys at one time, probably three times a week. Is that fair? Poppy was my name. Poppy, come here real quick. Poppy, is that fair that I'm just a kid 
that's just trying to go home and couldn't afford to take this one bus. So I had to walk down this block. So then I would walk around. I can get home in three minutes or I can get home in 30 if I walk all the way around. I used to have to walk all the way around. Or I had to fight four guys. Is that fair? No. But what did I do about it? We're not done. I start playing football. I said, Dad, the, the, it's not fair. My dad said, are you done? I said, yes. If you, have, if you ever saw boys in the hood and you've seen how the father was in that movie, that's my father. That's my father. And my father said, when a man goes to work, it doesn't matter who likes him and who doesn't. At the end of the day, that man gets paid. It's like, what the hell was that? He repeated it. And he repeated it. He said, go put the work in. I sat there, I listened to him. He said, call your uncle. Call your uncle Mike. Have him sign you up at the gym. I called my uncle Mike. My uncle Mike was like the one uncle that was successful in the family, legally. Called him. He brought me to Go's Gym on Communipaw in Jersey City, New Jersey. Signed me up at the gym. He said, okay, nephew. Go get the work done. I have to go. I looked around in the gym. I did not know what I was doing. Now, when I was younger, my stepfather was, came out of prison. He taught me how to do push-ups. And pull, but I didn't know how to do weights. I, but these dudes on the football field were strong. And they were knocking me out. There was a trainer. He had a red shirt, bald head, sitting at a table that had a glass table, black, um, black legs. He was eating rice and chicken. And every time he talked, it was, you know, chicken and rice falling out of his mouth. And I said, excuse me, sir, my name is Nate. I want to, I'm playing football and I just started playing and these guys are knocking me out. I, can you teach me simple things on what to do in here? And he said, did you, did you pay for sessions? And I said, no, look, man, we just got out the hotel. We was living in this hotel in front of Holland Tunnel, right? And as we lived in this one hotel, we lived there for like four or five years. We were going hotel to hotel and we finally got an apartment. You see, the apartment that I was living in with my father I slept in the same bed with his brother, my uncle, and my little brother, Darren. So I slept on the right side of the bed. Uncle Mark slept in the middle, and Darren slept on the left side of the bed. We slept on a mattress that was on the floor in the basement of a building that had one of the biggest crime um, things that happened in history. A man took out a lot of cops. It was literally, we moved in two months later. It was one of the worst blocks you can live in in Jersey City. It was one of the smallest blocks, too. We lived, they had a, a availability in the basement because my dad didn't want his name legally on the lease because he had, you know, some street things, you know, politic things. So this person gave us that apartment without checking that stuff. And I was telling him the situation and he was chewing, just tricking. He was like meat, you know, he was a big guy, small, like five, six. And he goes, tell your daddy, give you money, and I can teach you. And that hit me. I'm like, bro, you seriously not? You don't have clients? In my mind, I'm like, he don't have clients, he don't have anything, and you can't help me? Like, I just told you the situation I'm in. Like, just show me. And that day, is that fair? Uh, that could possibly be fair. But that day was a day that I said, whatever I do in my life, I would never do that to a human being. Whatever, whatever I do. That's what got me into studying on how to do the things with the body. 
that led me to get a degree that led me to change millions of lives and people all over the world and people in Hollywood. That day was the day that led me. So was that fair? Possibly not, but it led me somewhere. I learned everything about the body, every bone, every muscle, every ligament, why people's neck hurts, everything. That was the beginning of that journey. I ended up going back to uh, practice. We was in the locker room. They said, Nate, why, do you, why are you playing football, bruh? And I looked around and I said, well, I think I'm going to go to college for it. I'm trying to get a scholarship. They all laughed at me, laughed and laughed. I remember the day, like I just said, it was one person who did not laugh, Ray Ray. And for those that heard the story, I put it up before Ray Ray. That was the day I met Ray. That was the day me and Ray Ray connected. He wore the number 22. And he pulled me to his side. He said, bro, I don't know what it is, but I believe in you. And that was enough. It was the only real friend I had. Every day I went in that football field, knockout, knockout, knockout. When you, I'm, I'm, go look at the hardest hits in football. These are the hits that I was taking. I was a tight end. So I block sometimes, and then sometimes I go out for a pass. Oop, they'll knock me out. Dirty hits. And then I said, okay, you want to play? We're going to play. Was that fair? No. They were giving me concussions. I probably had six concussions the first month of playing football. I'm exaggerating. The first year of playing football. They gave me, because they gave me concussions, real concussions. Couldn't see light. Had to put glasses on, wear a hat that's low, sensitive to light. They damaged. <laughs> they, were trying to, they, were trying to, they were trying to embarrass me, but set a message so no other basketball players come over. So what I do? It wasn't fair. I woke up in the morning at 5 in the morning. I walked to Gold's Gym 35 minutes. I couldn't afford to take a bus two places. I had to take one place I had to walk, one, one place I had to take a bus. I decided to walk to the gym. I trained. Took a shower. Then I got on the bus. Went to school. After going to school, then as I'm in school, I do my thing. After that, go to practice. After go to practice, remember, I only get to take a bus one time. I walk home. So these walks were 45 minutes. I walk home through Lafayette and then up to Montgomery Street. If you're from that area, you know, and this is the time, it was active. The projects were active. It's another set of projects on a different town. I'm not from there. It's very dangerous to walk through there. I walk through there every day. Went home in the basement. Put my stuff to the side, changed my clothes, told my dad, I'm going to the gym. Went back to the gym, trained two times a day. I started to look at the weaknesses. I started to lose, I started letting their judgments and started letting all these things. I started to lose myself. When you're going through losses, you got to work with yourself. Ain't nobody going to come save you. You got to count on you. So I got to tap back in with myself. I'm like, whoa, I got to tap, tap back in with myself. I sat there. I'm like, you know what? I got to outwork these. Let me study. What's their behavior? Oh, the guy who's playing in front of me, because what happened was four, they, we had scrimmages. This guy promised Bob Hurley that I was gonna, he was going to start me. He benched me. And he was getting me knocked out every day. So then I just missed the summer camp for, football, um, for basketball. I just missed the whole summer camp. So no, I can't play basketball now. So I have to play football. So he benched me. Game, uh, scrimmage one, he benched me. Scrimmage two, he benched me. Scrimmage three, he benched me. Scrimmage four, he benched me. On scrimmage four, I got on the bus after the scrimmage, and I sat there, and I said, oof, I messed up. I messed up. I messed up. 
If I would have went to another high school, I would have been a superstar in basketball. But it was going to be another private school or some type of other uh, a public school. It was going to be a public school. And all my friends I grew up with on the street, they were all there and they were all getting arrested and having babies. And a lot of them joined affiliations. And I'm like, I can't be around that. I can't be around that. So I stood in this private school willing to do what I had to do so I didn't have to go to public school. And I was on this bus and I remember sitting there and I started crying because I'm like, I messed up. I thought I was going to get out of this place. I messed up. And a woman, well, at the time she was, you know, young like me, a woman, she sat down next to me. Her name is Cassie. And she said, Nate, why are you crying? And I said, Cassie, I messed up, bro. Me and Cassie was close because we were in the same class together. Actually, when I started high school, I was, they enrolled me into the honor society. And then I got kicked out because I wanted to be a class clown because I was insecure about what was going on at home. So to take the tension off me, I was making jokes because I, I am a funny dude. I ain't going to lie to you. You know what I'm saying? But my dad said, Nate, when I was in seventh grade, I used to make jokes like that. And my teacher was like, Nate, you're funny. My father's name is Nate, too. <clears throat> He's like, Nate, you're funny, but it's not going to be funny when you're here in summer school. My dad told me that my whole life. I'm like, Dad, I heard that story. Stop telling me that. Well, guess what? I had summer school after my freshman year, and I got kicked out of honor society. So Cassie was from there, and Cassie said, Nate, one thing about you, bro, you always figure things out. Then I noticed this, the first game and the second game, of the season at the second game the guy who was in front of me got suspended why well why did most of them get suspended or why did most of them not go division one because they had bad grades they were disrespectful to teachers and they didn't have a good character so after my freshman year going to my sophomore year i started studying these things i'm like i got i gotta stop i got i can't summer school taught me a life lesson i'm like i'm playing around with my life here what did i do the catholic school access to tuck our shirt in i tuck my shirt in now I go to school, yes, sir, no, sir. I took advantage of the after-school program that they had. We only had 300 kids in our school, by the way. We were very poor. But we had the number one basketball school in the world. That's the craziest thing. St. Anthony's, look it up. St. Anthony's, Jersey City. So I'm sitting there, and I say to Mr. Page, who was the top three most smartest people I met in my life, Paul Check, my father, Mr. Page. Not in that order, but the three smartest people I've ever met in my life. Mr. Page would do after-school programs for SAT. Nobody showed up. I started taking that my, so my sophomore year. I studied on why every reason why someone wasn't successful going on a scholarship. The person who got suspended on the second game, he had a scholarship to Temple University. And he was going to be the first Division I football player in school history, right? Because we just started the football program. He got suspended. What I started to do, when they would knock me out in every practice, everything this man didn't do, I did. So when we was in the gym, he squatted 315 pounds. I would literally put two pounds on the, on the, on the thing that squat four pounds heavier. I, I outran him and, and at the end in the conditioning. I beat him to practice every day. Um, so I made it to practice an hour earlier before. Everything he did, I did better. Well, second game, after all the knocking out I got, after never playing me, I never even played a football game. They didn't play me. I got on, they had to play me because it, he was suspended. I had two touchdowns. That guy never got his spot back. In fact, 
I became the first Division I football player in school history. History. 25 Division I scholarships, number two tight end state in New Jersey, all state, all county, represented the state in New Jersey, playing around the country. But it wasn't fair, right? It wasn't fair. Go to college, career starts taking off. Four NFL scouts come to my practice my last year of football, had one of the best practices. They loved it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to the league. I'll take the fourth round, fifth round. The last play of practice, teammate runs right into my spine and almost paralyzed me. I get rushed to the hospital. My football career ended. Is that fair? I was this close. I knew exactly what I was going to do with every dollar to save my family. And I lost it all. But when that happened, I said, where is the pattern? What are you trying to show me? God, universe, what are you trying to show me? My teammate comes in, sad, starts crying and gives me a hug. And I said, nah, don't, don't cry, bro. And he goes, oh, they gave you the pain meds? I'm like, no, I'm, taking, I'm sober, bro. I can't take those pain meds. I'm an addict. I was born on drugs. I got to be careful. I can't take those stuff. I'm going to be all right. He goes, what makes you so positive, Nate? You just lost everything. And I said, because this is the pattern of my life. I got to go make something else that was impossible, possible again. And I don't believe that I was supposed to be a football player. In fact, I hate football. But it got me a full scholarship. But I do know one thing. In my heart, I feel like I should be making videos. Before this happened two weeks ago, Haskiri's father got us a camera and I had the best time in my life. I think something is up with that camera. I think I'm supposed to be speaking and, and helping people. I think I'm, I should have a book one day. This right here is going to be in a book one day. And he goes, Nate, one thing about you, bro, you're always positive. I graduated four months later when all my friends had careers lined up. I didn't have any. But I did take my education very serious. I was one of the top of my class in movement science. But, yo, I thought I was going to the league. I thought I was going to NFL. So I didn't do the internships. I didn't do any of that. Look, I'm doing it so long, my lights are turning off. I don't care. We're going to let them turn off. And as, I'm, as this was going down and this happened, I end up four months later, I end up moving with Haskiri's father. Haskiri's uh, when the day before my graduation, I didn't know where I was going to move. I, 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 had a, I was packing. I didn't even know where I was going. I graduated the next day, December 17, 2016. I did not know where I was going. I didn't. And I sat there and I told, you know, Ree, and I was like, I don't, see, I don't know where I'm going. And she said, I already spoke to my father. My father said, you can move with us. She lived in Washington Heights. I was dating high school at the time for over a year, going on two years. I, I had this thing. My father raised me never to open someone's refrigerator, never to be in someone's, never walk in someone's bedroom, never open up drawers, you know, like he, he raised me as a gentleman. And when I went to this man's house, he was, man, put the box down, bro. What you doing? You hungry? This is what my father-in-law told me. And I was like, uh... He said, bro, loosen up, man. You good. His name is Ricardo. I call him Richie. Puerto Rican man. Washington Heights. Used to be a, a street man. When he had his first son, 
which is Haskiri's older brother, he changed his whole life. Gave up the streets, started working for parks and recreations, now became the, one of the biggest supervisors in parks and recreations. Loves his daughter like no other. I always, always say I would never want a daughter when I was young. Now, all I want is a daughter because I saw the relationship between him and his daughter. And he told me, I trust you and I believe in you. And I put my, my luggage down in my boxes from college and I sit down and Haskiri's excited that I'm there. She's like, oh, you're finally here. Because we was in a long distance relationship for a long time, for two years. From New York to Delaware. And then the next morning I woke up, her father went to work and left $20 for me on the counter. Haskiri had, uh, she was taking these classes in New York City for acting. Her brother Roderick was a very popular uh, DJ at night in Washington Heights and partying. You know, for parties and stuff and clubs. And he, he went into his room. And I sat at the end of the bed. And I started to cry. I had nowhere to go. I had no job. I lost everything. Everything. I was an athlete my whole life. I put my heart and soul into that thing. I lost everything. And then I said, Nate, what do you do? Go do what you do best. Go find a way. When I started dating Haskiri, she introduced me to Starbucks. I, you know, she took me to Starbucks. She said, oh, we're going to Starbucks. I'm like, what's Starbucks? I know what Dunkin' Donuts is. What's Starbucks? I'm like, oh, Starbucks is for rich people. You know, I'm trying to tell you guys, I was so poor and so street that like Starbucks, Benihana's, I ain't know none of that. I knew the Chinese spot on the corner. I ain't know no Benihana's. People cook in front of you. Whoa, that's crazy. I took, I got up and I was like, you know what? I have to make something happen. I took a piece of paper, my laptop, threw it in my book bag. He left me 20 bucks. My father-in-law went to Starbucks got a cup of coffee, got a water, and sat there and put music on. Music has saved my life. J. Cole, Jay-Z, Nas, Russ, just to name a few. These, these, these artists have saved my life. And I'm sitting down, and, I, and before I left, my coach gave me a book called Think and Grow Rich. And that book, when you open it, this guy had all the notes. Coach A, I'll have him on the podcast again on YouTube with me again. But he had all the notes in the book. And I'm like, yo, bro, I can't even read the book, bro. You wrote, you wrote all over the book. And I was playing around with him. But I'm dyslexic. And I actually avoided reading and writing. Until 2016, I started to try to read. When I read, um, my brain goes backwards. I mean, my eyes read backwards. So I read this way, but then my eyes would jump backwards. So I have to fight it to not go this way. But another thing is, when I read... I also put myself, my, I assume words. Brain looks like Brian to me. So I had to read the pages four or five times just to understand the information. And when I read the book, it was the first book I've ever read in my life in 2016. In college, you don't have to read books so much. You have to read studies in my career. We didn't have to read books. As a kid, I finessed everything when it came down to reading logs. I did. I was embarrassed to tell people I couldn't read. And... That book 
showed me I wasn't crazy. It was actually the first thing to actually organize everything I was doing in my life. Faith, desire, imagination, the golden rule, automation. It taught me everything. It just reminded me, but I found that I was missing two of them. And one was imagination. I found that the other one was faith. And faith, not in a, such a religious standpoint, I tell clients all the time, faith is believing in something good is going to happen with no proof. Fear is believing in something bad is going to happen with no proof. You got to pick one. So, that book exposed that. But I was still having hesitation. I opened up the laptop, my book. I put, people who got successful from thinking real rich, a man named Bob Proctor pops up. I click on his video. The video was like, when you understand this one thing, your whole life will change. You can make X amount of dollars in one year. You can make what you make in, you can make your salary in one day, one day. I'm like, he's a schemer. Close the laptop. Boop. Like, pff, everybody's a schemer on the internet these days, man. Damn. Then I sat there and I'm like, something told me, keep watching the video. <laughs> and I opened it up. And then I started to watch more of it, more of it, more of his videos, making notes. What he was really trying to teach you is that when you make something subconscious, you'll never fear it again because you can do it over and over and over and over again. Actually, one of his books, Bob Proctor, speaks about the person that is the number one salesperson in a company will continue to be the number one salesperson next year and the year after and year after. It's because it, it's, it's subconscious. The habits they created their, their attitude about things is subconscious that they'll do it again. Earl Nightingale said, you can take the richest man in the world, take all the money from them, drop them off in a different part of the country and give him a year or two, he'll be the richest man again. When I thought I lost everything, which I did, it gave me an opportunity to recreate another world. The more you think about how much you keep losing things, the more that will pull you back into the old version of you, the old consciousness, the old conscious experience of perception, sensations, feelings, and thoughts. I had to create a new version of me. In fact, I had to, quote unquote, kill the old version of me. I started making videos on YouTube. I was getting love across the Hudson. Haskiri and I document. I said, one day, people are not going to believe me that I had to go through all this, that, that I lost everything from football and I'm in a small apartment um, in Washington Heights in the middle of the hood. People are not going to believe one day, like this happened to me again after I was supposed to go to the NFL and I made it out again. So you know what? Let's record it. Love across the Hudson. The videos are there. Haskiri had a dream of being an actress. I had a dream of being who I am today. We made it all come true. After that, a guy finds me from a video from 13 views, allows me, gives me the job to be a CEO of a company at 24 years old. And we had six months. The business was losing, it was going to lose more money. It was in a negative for 60,000 and he wasn't going to take no more losses. So he gave me a shot to save it. He said, I don't have clients for you. I don't have marketing money. I have nothing. And I said, okay, I'll figure a way. Everybody compared me to the last guy that was there. In fact, I was the only brown person there. That town, I was in Westchester, New York. 
I was in Mimarinic. And never has anybody made me feel uncomfortable. In fact, it became, the Jewish community became like my family. It was the first time a group of people came and loved me. I know that can sound crazy. My family loved me, right? But I'm talking about when you're, I was going to Delaware, then New York, and then it's like everybody's competing with me or I have to compete. And I, I'm like, oh man, you know, it's like I can, no, the Jewish community, they found out I was taking three buses to get to work every morning and they gave me $5,000 to buy a car. That's a fact. That's a fact. Anything I ever needed, uh, you know, and I never asked for these things. I just went and it was there. And, you know, the loyalty, the love, it was the first time I was like, huh. I learned so much from that community. So right after that, it got to the point where everything I said I would do in the gym, I did in six months. I got so booked up that people will book me for next year. Swear to God. One-to-one -one fitness in New York. Swear to you. I started fitness classes. I took all the money that I was making. I was on track to make $72,000 for the first time. I got a check for $1,250. My first check I got. I only got paid if I, I literally only got paid if I found a way to make money. Clients. Like not even, I, my whole life, I don't know what it's like to have a nine to five. My first job was cutting hair as a Division I football player. I had to put money in my pocket. I had to learn to cut hair. Actually, Romeo taught me how to cut hair before I got to college. He told me, he's like, you're either going to sell drugs or you're going to cut hair. And you're not selling drugs. You're going to learn how to cut hair. But the first time I got a check for $1,250, I called that scary. I'm like, yo, I got $1,250. She's like, oh, my God, congrats. I'm like, I'm going to take you to dinner. I'm like, but can I ask you a question? She's like, I'm like, how do I get money out of this? 2017. Like, how do I get money out of this? Like, what do I do? She goes, well, you can take your phone, you can put it on this, and you can put it in your car. I'm like, all right, maybe you can do it for me when I get home. I don't know how to do this. Went, she's like, you can do it two ways. You can, you can scan it on your phone, or you can go to the bank. I'm like, let's go to the bank. I'm going to feel it. My whole life, I felt money and rolled up in, in rubber bands, but they weren't legal. It was, it was dirty money. And it wasn't something that I went out and I'm bragging about. I'm like, yeah, man, I used to do this. No. And actually, I was put in positions that I was forced to do things that I didn't want to do. Not forced because Mother Nature, no, forced by like an authority. You got me? So I went to go feel what clean money felt like. And I printed it and I, and I told her, I scared him. I'm like, wow. I'm like, all right, give this to your dad. Give the whole thing to your dad. And she's like, no, 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 baby, this is your money. He doesn't want your money. So I went to the house and I was a little nervous to tell him. And I'm like, please tell him to take the money. I don't like the fact that I'm living here. I'm not contributing. And he came in and he said, listen, bro, you're my son. And I love you. You love my daughter. I don't look at you as a boyfriend. You're a husband in my house. It's like an old school Puerto Rican. Like, you're a husband. He's in the, while he's talking to me, bro is in his boxers and a tank top and, and chocolatas, like little flip, flip flops. You know, he had the goatee at the time. He was like cocky. He's sitting there telling me a whole story in his drawers. I'm like, but he was telling me, he's like, I'm doing what I'm doing 
because I believe in you as a man and you're my you're my son-in-law. You're my daughter's husband. You're a good man. And I'm like, oh, start building, 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 building. I was able to move Haskiri and Alice out. We got our first apartment. When I got the job, the guy who gave me the job promised me equity in the company, a 401k in, in, in insurance. He never gave it to me. Any of it. Built the business up, flipped it around, all of that. The woman that became like my mother there, she said, listen, we can make this happen. I know this person, I know this person, and... I got so connected with bankers from Goldman Sachs and, you know, Judge Judy. I trained her whole family. You know, there's so many things I did I never just talked about because I never want to come off like I'm bragging. But what I am saying is when you go through losses and you dream big and you work hard and you're a good person and you start seeing patterns of losses that actually equal growth, then your life changes. And she said, you could do this, you could do this. And I'm like, ah. So then one day, a, per a powerful person that I worked with, actually family of Judge Judy, I'm just going to keep it real with you. I'm not going to, not cutting none of this out. Judge Judy's family, I worked with her grandson, changed his life. I actually got her grandson 30 pounds of muscle, fixed his hip flexor so he can swing a bat faster and got him a full scholarship to baseball. His name is Kobe. Great kid. Came like a little brother to me. Spent three days a week, then four days a week with him in the gym. When you spend that much time with, a, with an 18-year-old young man, they become like a little brother to you. And when you see him make his dreams come true, it's like one of the, it was just so proud. I was like proud, you know, like a big brother. Well, their family wrote me a check to buy the gym. Nothing, they didn't want nothing from it. They just believed in me. But something in me told me, I don't know, I don't know. Something's not right here. Number one, I shouldn't have to be paying for it. I was promised it promise a percentage and I was this I was like but something ain't right something ain't right I get home <clears throat> my brother calls me says Aunt Paulette said the caller I called my aunt that I only met three times you ever had that one aunt you only met like three times and it's awkward when you get on the phone so I'm like hey she's like Nate what's up Nate I'm like hey she's from the south so she come a little off you know she she, talk. she goes listen here I think you're gonna be a businessman one day I watch your videos on Facebook I'm like, oh, wow, I got like 13 views there. I'm like, I didn't know you'll watch it. You know, in my mind, I said that. She goes, I have a business partner. I think you should contact him. He can make you an LLC. I think you should get on that. I'm like, what? What the hell is an LLC? I'm like, I'm not doing none of that. And deep in down inside of me, since I was a kid, I used to always think people were going to save me. Well, this guy's going to give me a piece of the business. And this person's going to come help me do this. And ain't nobody coming to save you, bro. You got to save you. You got to save you. Out of nowhere, the owner called me. He wanted to take me. He flew in. He didn't live in town. I ran the business. I did everything. I, cre I, I took all the money I was making and I put it right back into educating myself with business. Because I'm like, the only reason why I'm giving him, we had a 50-50 split, but no equity in the business. So whatever came in in cash flow was 50-50 of profit. I, whatever I brought in though, not what the other coaches brought in. He gave me no equity. He promised me equity. I worked that hard to get the equity. And I said, the only reason why you have this power is because you know about 
business and I don't. I know about business. I know about hustling, but I don't know about this, these taxes and all that. So what I did is I just invested a lot of, I took a chunk of money that I had in the savings and I just invested into education and I learned and I learned and I learned and I learned. I got on the phone with this one lady. I mean, one guy that my aunt Paulette wanted me to call, called him. He told me, yeah, he's like, yeah, your aunt tells me about you all the time. He's like, look, it's going to be 505. I just spent all the money on courses. I have $515 in my account. I said, all right, let's do it. Took a shot, started, you know, building up my clientele in New York City. I would go take the train in New York City and then work at the gym six days a week. I worked seven days a week, one with my business, six days. Then the owner was like, hey, let's go. You know, I'm flying in. Let's go to lunch. Then he sat me down. He offered me the gym to buy for a certain amount. Something in my gut just said no. He's like, look, it's simple. You don't have to give me all the money now. You can put a payment plan. With I'm like, something in my gut's telling me no. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It was giving me almost anxiety. It was giving me this anxiety feeling. I go home. Haskiri asked me to help her with audition. I helped her. Come to find out, she books the new Say by the Bell. Comes a superstar of the TV show. We fly out. We get her own apartment. I'm out there. I'm like, oh, man, why do... Something... I wish I could just take my clients here. But I'm like, ah, I got unfin unfinished business. And I can't leave my clients. I can't leave my community. I can't leave my community. I can't let them down. I went back home. They were like, you're going to leave us for L.A.? And I'm like, look, you got my word. I got too much responsibility in this community. I can't leave this community. I had kids that worked with me. Schools hired me from all over the country. It was just like, I mean, all, all over Westchester County. I would purposely go to restaurants and train the uh, cooks and cleaning and janitors for free. Because I knew that they couldn't afford coaching. So I would do it for free. Geo, Michelle, Green Life. I helped this one couple at Green Life, which was the most popular restaurant on Mamaronic Ave. Helped Gio lose like 30 pounds. I helped Michelle lose like 60. Trained them for free. Gave them nutrition. Life coached them. Did all of it for free. Because I, I, I just love helping people. Haskiri's in LA. I'm here. Worked so hard. Two years, almost two and a half years. I grew this beautiful business. And then the pandemic hit. The first spread on the East Coast was in New Rochelle. I was in Larchmont, Mamaroneck area. I was 10 minutes down the road. New Rochelle is Westchester County, where I was at. I, I said, I'm getting on a plane. It was March 15th, 2020. I called Haskiri. I'm like, yo, you, you, you see all this going down? People, people are running each other over in the supermarket for water and toilet paper. I'm like... What, what's going on? There's no food in the supermarket. She's like, she's getting her hair and makeup done on set with Mario Lopez. And she's like laughing. I'm like, babe, you have to listen to me. This is, this is not good. What's going on? We got to prepare. I'm like, I'm getting on the next flight. I had, I just got a golden doodle for Haskiri and then she books a TV show. So I'm taking care of a dog, two businesses. It was crazy. I jump on the next plane on March 16th. I fly out. It was a rainy day. I went to JFK, and it was six of us on, I think it was United Airlines. Only six people. I said, something crazy is going to happen. They said it was only going to be two weeks. I went to LA. 
that two weeks turned to two and a half years I stood there. I lost everything. Everything. In fact, 95, like 99 of the people, 99% of the people that I worked, families, families. I hope this one family figure out that their twins had celiac disease when they were getting diagnosed with all these other things. And their kids' teeth wasn't growing, their skin, their bones were really weak and they were underweight. And the only way I found out, to be completely honest, they, they brought the kids to me because they said, see if you can figure out. This is what they used to do, I swear to God, I'm not lying. People used to be like, where's Nate? I'm like, I'm Nate, how you doing? They're like, Nate, can you figure out my child? Nate, can you figure out my husband? Can you look at him just figure him out? Because sometimes I'll just look at somebody and like, okay, I can tell exactly what the problem is. Your ankle's rotating because your knee's internally rotating. Your hip flex is too tight and it's pulling your pelvis up. But then that's the small intestine. So I got to see, let me see your fingernails. Like, you know, because it becomes automatic after a while. She's like, figure out my kids. This one client that I really, really had a really beautiful family. I love this family. I swear to God, I work with them. These kids are jumping. I have them doing like agility drills in the gym. Out of nowhere, they start smacking each other. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, oh, guys, you can't do that. They're six years old. I'm like, you can't do that. And then when the woman came to pick them up, um, I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they got a little, you know, mad at each other. I'm like, but I think they just need to move or whatever. I need to figure some more things out. She ended up leaving. When she left, I had to clean the gym. So I'm flushing the toilet. In the men's room, like, you know, cleaning it, making sure there's no, like, you know, just cleaning up the, the gym. I always like to make sure my gym is clean. It was a boutique studio. You only came to us for personal training. It was really wealthy people who came to this gym. I wanted to make sure my clients felt like they were getting everything they paid for, plus more clean towels, shower, all of that. I went to the women's room, and I saw the child leave a piece of poop. And they just left. And she went in the bathroom and I have celiac disease. When I saw that piece of poop, that was celiac poop. I call her and I said, come back to the gym for me really quick. Without the kids. She came and I said, I'm going to say something right here. I had, I was so scared to tell, I was so scared to say it. Right. Cause I'm not a doctor. I'm not this. I'm not that. Right. I said, I think the twins have celiac disease and please don't attack me. Here's what I'm willing to do. Go get them tested. If they don't have celiac disease, let me know how much the test costs and I, I can pay you it or I can just give you that m amount in sessions. She's like, you, you really serious right now? And I said, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be saying something if I didn't think it. Got the kids tested. They came back with celiac disease. The whole family came back with celiac disease. Those children today no longer have crooked teeth. They were six years old. They're nice and tall, strong and healthy. I see them on Facebook and Instagram. It makes me so happy to see them healthy. They both were diagnosed with many different, you know, ADHD and they couldn't sit down. One had to go to like, you know, you know, need special, you know, care and stuff. Didn't need it anymore. Wow. I lost. I never... I haven't seen that woman since 2019. I have many stories like that. All the people I worked with, stories like that. Haven't seen them since 2019. Haven't seen the woman that was one of my trainers, Michelle, 
who was like another mom to me. By the way, I was 24 years old. The trainers that were, I was the head coach and like CEO. The two trainers were 50. <laughs> I was like a 24-year-old telling 50 people. You know, they're like, bro. No, they, were, they, didn't, they, didn't look, they didn't look down on me at all. I haven't seen Michelle since 2019. I didn't even get to move out of my apartment. My first apartment I've ever had. I was so proud of that apartment. I didn't, I didn't even get to move out. I didn't even get to go back home. I had to hire people to go in my apartment and watch them on FaceTime when my brother was there and tell me, where you want this? Where you want this? I had to say goodbye to my first apartment. I lost my first apartment. I lost my gym. The gym ended up selling. The guy sold it to somebody else in a couple months. I lost my community. And now I'm in LA. I'm in a whole different world. And I'm like, yo, come on, bro. I got to do this all over again. And what happened that time? What happened that time? I went into depression. Bad. Bad. For a good month. Solid month. Went to a real depression. Hiskiri's all over the billboards in, in, in Los Angeles on Sunset Boulevard and Universal Studios. And I was known to be Hiskiri's boyfriend. That was what people called me. Hi, Hiskiri's boyfriend. And I used to say in my mind, my name is Nate. And then I remember I woke up one morning, I told Hiskiri, I'm sorry if I went real, if I, because I was complaining about everything. I wasn't, she's not used to that. She wasn't used to me complaining. I'm just like, I can't believe this is not fair. This is not fair. Like, look, 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 like my gym, this is not fair. She's not used to that. She saw me bounce back so many times. She knew my life. This was the time I was, I was complaining. And then I woke up, probably like week five, and I'm like, hey, I just became aware that I don't know that version of me, and you don't even know that version. That was the first time. Um, I'm back. I got to make something happen. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. And what I do, I started making videos. In my heart, I always knew I wanted to make videos, but when I got to gym, I was so busy, and every time I went to go make a video, somebody walked upstairs when I was making a video. In my heart, I wanted to make videos. I got the job because of a video. I got people calling me because of the 14 views. I got I'm like something, I want to make videos. And I said, okay, now I'm gonna make videos. I started making videos, making videos, make, cutting them up, making videos, making videos. I had 1,300 uh, followers. And I was like, I tried everything. Um, IGTV came out. I was like, this is going to be the thing. Snapchat came out. I'm like, this is going to be the thing that takes my career. Did everything. I, I tried everything on YouTube. I gave Love Across the Hudson two years. I'm like three, four years of filming. Got to 1,000 subscribers. And I'm like, I failed. I failed with videos for six years. Six years. As I'm trying to build the videos, I just stood. Then I said, you know what, Nate? You're, gonna, you're going to overcome things because I'm meant to be great. And at that, I said, people want to be great with Nate. And 
that's what Be Great When It came from. I was in Studio City, an apartment, getting out of depression, and I was trying to uplift myself. And the name was created right there. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. I, if you go back to the first couple of episodes of my podcast, I'm in the kitchen in that apartment. I'm in the kitchen on the Yeti microphone. Got 10 downloads. And then I was, I did the same thing. I took my positive mental attitude. I went out there and I was willing to coach people for free in a park with dumbbells. I pull up to your house. I know the gyms are closed. I'll go to your house. I'll train you. Whatever you want. I'm not going to charge you. Then I was helping some people. And then people started hearing about it. And then one celebrity got a transformation. The other one got a transformation. The other one got a transformation. And then that's when I got one of my biggest clients in my career, who's Corday, who's Grammy nominated and now Emmy winner artist. Helped him lose 35 pounds. He's dating Naomi Osaka. Guess who I'm coaching with? Corday. Naomi Osaka. And then, as I'm doing it, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm building, I'm building, I'm building. I stood persistent on making videos. This one kid kept on saying, you got to get on TikTok. You got to get on TikTok. One of the kids I trained in New York, they're like, Nate, you got to get on TikTok. I'm like, bro, I'm not getting on TikTok. They're like, please listen to me. I tried it. I left the app alone. Forgot all about it. He calls me. Did you go on TikTok? Did you go on? I'm like, yeah, I did. He goes, check. What is it looking like? I went on. The video had 100,000 views and 10,000 followers. I tried for six years. I tried. And then I took all my skill sets, studied the way the videos are done. I just applied something. I'm like, let me see. I end up getting 100,000 followers in three months. Year two, 200,000. Year three, going to 300,000. But every time I was growing, they were suspending me. But I was like, you know what? If I have to deal with it, I'll deal with it. But it made me a perfectionist. I had a perfectionist problem and a fear of criticism before even starting TikTok. When I was on YouTube, I had 100 videos in a hard drive. I had the fear of what people would say about my family if they found out. I didn't want to embarrass my father. I didn't know if my brother was cool. My story is his story too. I was scared. I was scared if I was getting something wrong on the board, if I wrote something on the board. I have 100 videos that I never posted on YouTube on a hard drive from 2017 to 2019. I saw this one video work from a video I made earlier that month. And then I just took the hard drive. I plugged it in. I chopped all these videos up. It was those videos that got me my first 150,000 followers. But then when I was getting suspended, I fell back. I got out of this perfectionism. And then I, as I got suspended, I got back into the perfectionism. I was scared of making a mistake. I didn't want to get suspended. I was scared. As I was growing, I was getting suspended. I was at, as I was in Hollywood, my name was grown as a celebrity coach. And there were things that I just didn't like that didn't sit well with me. People said, you got to, this is the game. And I'm like, this is the game. I want nothing to do with it. I don't want nothing to do with it. Count me out. I got a contract that came in with an agreement for $2 million for September, 2022. 
I was working with this one person. They said, if you get this one person down to this weight, we have $2 million waiting for you. That's a fact. I was on, I, I was making it happen. I was with this person from 10 hours, 11 hours a day. At the same time, I didn't want to do TikTok no more. I didn't want to make videos. I felt like every time I turn around, I got I to gotta watch if I'm getting suspended. Then I got to cut up my videos shorter. They want to short it. I'm like, I don't want to keep cutting up my videos. I just want to help people. Most of my TikTok grew just from me doing lives. And then, I don't know. I just got this feeling that I got to go prepare. I didn't know what it was. I swear to God, I did not know what it was. I went home. I told Haskiri, I think we have to leave. When I was in the gym, I was telling, Haskiri was telling, why don't you just leave? I just got this, you know, acting contract. Why don't you come home? You don't have to work at that gym no more. When I was in New York and I was like, no, 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 no. And then the more I ignored my intuition because I wanted to leave, the more God would make it happen for you. You can cheat man. You can't cheat God. You keep ignoring your intuition, then you're going to face a crisis. I knew something was coming. I didn't know. I couldn't call it. I'm like, ah, I think we got to get out of here. Everybody thought I was crazy. I lost, I lost most of my LA friends because they, people sat me down and said, you should not leave. You got $20,000 in retainment. Most of the time, people may not even come and you're still getting paid. You got $2 million waiting for you. You have all these people coming in from TikTok. You're doing, don't leave. And I'm like, I'm out. That was a Monday. I put an offer on the house on a Friday over Zoom. My first house. Put, I took, I was very smart with my money. When I say I lost a lot of money in LA, like on my own journey, it's because I could have been smarter. I brought an S-Class AMG package, $100,000 car. I could have been smarter. Right. Like that's not smart. That wasn't the first car I bought. Right. I had a Honda when I showed up. Then I got a Jeep. But then I knew I had to leave because nothing felt like it was good enough anymore. I felt something wrong. So at first I'm like, oh, maybe it's because, you know, maybe I just need a better car. I'm driving a lot. So I got an S-Class. Thought that was going to make me happy. It didn't. Then I, I, I listened to the music. I listened to Nas. I listened to Jay-Z. They talk about these mistakes they made. And I'm like, ooh, I'm in that loop of a mistake. Oof. I'm wise enough to know I got to get out of this. Left LA. I left everything. Started all over. Now, one of the main reasons why I left is because I found myself getting cheated out of deals and contracts. I could have fought them. But I got... There was a lot of things I went through that wasn't fair. But this time, instead of it waiting to pull me under my feet, I started to trust my intuition and go, mm -mm, I see that pattern. I'm out of here. The ego goes, no, don't leave. The heart goes, go. The gut goes, the heart is right. Gets tight, gives you this warm sensation that kind of pulls you down and goes, go. And I left. I left everything. I packed in 48 hours. I was out of LA. Came home. I haven't been home in 10 years. I left the college in 2012. Haven't been home. Started all over. I didn't even know how I was going to make. I didn't even know how I was going to. 
I didn't even know how I was going to make things happen here. I ain't going to lie to you, but I have faith. I went right back to my toolbox. Faith, hard work, positive mindset. I'm good to go. Karma. Came home, doing my thing, boom, 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 boom. Writer strike happens. Haskiri couldn't work for over a year. If I didn't do the things I did and put us in a position that we did, we would have been hurting right now. I just felt something was coming. I didn't know what it was. But we beat that one. As I'm going through 2023, I told her, I am not taking on as much clients. I am not taking on this event. I'm not doing I have to go lose this freaking weight and I have to go work on my mind. I have to go give myself an upgrade. I came home around 277 pounds. Today I'm sitting here in front of you at 247 pounds. I'm down 30 pounds. And I'll be down another 30 to 40. By the time I go on my interviews for my book tour, I'm going to be right. One day I woke up. I'm like, oh, I've been a good boy. I just... Something hit me and I said, if you enjoyed this TikTok live, click the link in the bio and join my tribe. You never know. They may want to get rid of me one day. Why did I say that? Because I noticed that I was becoming the you you never knew. The man that I was either scared to become or embarrassed to become or overthought about, or kind of hid away from, I allowed myself to become that man. That man that has a dark side and a good side. The good side, I love everybody. I want to help the world. The dark side is, whew, taking advantage of me, bro. I'm from the streets. Better check yourself. You're not pulling that over here. I lost that side of me. I lost that side of me when I went to Westchester because I was scared that that community was seeing me as and judge me as someone that was from the streets and not to project on that on them right because they never judge me it was me i never been around white people all day i'm just gonna keep it real i just i never been around everybody in the room is white i never that never i went to an hbcu i went to an all-black college <laughs> i didn't know that so I was like, hi, how are you? Like, I, I was scared to show that. I didn't play hip-hop in the gym. They wanted pop. I played pop, you know, for two and a half years. But I was allowing myself. I started, when you, you, ever, you ever see things and you're like, oh, that can be that. But you become very naive because you don't want it to be that. You'll get to the point, the more you work on yourself, and the more you face truth and you start seeing the growth behind pain, when that little thing comes up, you don't ignore it no more. You go, okay, thank you for showing me that. I got to get ready for it. I never, I can't sit here and say TikTok was going to delete my, my account. But I felt something bigger outside of that. I felt something coming. I felt something coming that the day that I got deleted was the same day I just got finished setting up this new studio. I, when I say I felt something coming, it wasn't like something was coming because 
I was doing a bunch of irresponsible things. No, 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 no. I didn't get a violation in eight months. I, I didn't do anything. I can feel energy. I can feel the energy though. I'm not going to lie to you. Only if you knew what I've been through these last couple of years. Behind closed doors. I was watching people manipulate. I watched people lose their platforms as doctors. I watched people be called something because they didn't want to follow a certain belief. And I looked at Haskiri and I said, this is one of the main reasons why you have to own yourself. This is one of the reasons why you ask me why I can't relax. That's why. When you grow up on the street, you never get comfortable. When you do, you get caught slipping. Cops, you get caught slipping. With your competition or your enemy. I learned all this in the street. You know what I told people? And I'm going to have to repeat this a couple more times. People thought I was overreacting with a lot of things that I've seen in business that was being done or in Hollywood. I tell people the corporate world, the only difference between the corporate world and the streets is that the streets shows the dark side of what happens when the corporate world hides it and pretend it doesn't happen at all. So the way someone says something, the way somebody walks about, does something, I don't let that go. I know that. They act like that was nothing. I know that. I don't let that go. I'm not letting that go. Whoa, that was a bad sign right there. And I don't fear them. And that's why when I first got to Hollywood, I told her, scare me, Hollywood's going to hate me. I won't, I won't be quiet. To keep it real with you, like, I'm just, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put a lot on this. I found $30,000 missing from Hiskiri's payroll. Supposedly they forgot or, you know, they, nah, bro. I'm coming there to your studio and you're going to hand me that 30000 She wouldn't be honest with you. She would have never, she would have never found it. She would have never noticed. On everything. You got to be on everything. If you don't know you, if you don't, if you're not good with math, go get good at math. You're not good at reading like I was, go learn how to read. You have to know yourself. They'll move around you. They'll move around you. Science, the scientific words, are it's put in a certain language so you don't understand it. So if someone tells you you have a certain injury in a certain scientific way, they could have just said your knee is sprained, but they do a different, instead of saying your pelvis is tilted forward, and they go, you have an anterior pelvic tilt with lower doses. Basically, your hips are tilted forward and your back is curved. 
They put this language so you don't know. Same thing with your contracts. Same thing with your money. Same thing with your APR. They don't want you knowing that. You got to know that. So, you ain't hustling me, bro. I say that to say, a lot of the people I worked with were actors. That means I would have lost majority of my business. And I'm pretty sure that contract that was promised for $2 million, something would have happened to it because of the writer's strike, because that person wouldn't be able to pay me, and I would have did all the work. How do I know that? It happened to me a lot out there. So when I said millions of dollars, TikTok, millions of dollars, I'll tell you what millions of dollars are coming from TikTok. I came home. I was paying a lot of money for rent and a house. You couldn't get a house out there unless you had at least, if you want to be in the valley where I was at, a decent house during 2020, 2021, when the market was crazy, 1.25. And you'd be lucky. <laughs> you ain't getting it for that. Someone's going to outbid you. Somebody from a different country is going to come and buy it for all cash, by the way. So you'll be there thinking you're going to get this house and someone's going to boop, put 200 more thousand, all cash, wipes you out. So I sat there and said, I can take half of this and go buy a mansion back at home. Then I can do this and this and this, build the equity. Then I can own, I can have more freedom in my life. Then, so I planned everything. I moved, brought the house. I left everything. All majority of the people lost a lot during the writer's strike. I saw that coming. I didn't see that. I didn't know it was that, but I felt something. Listen to myself. When TikTok permanently banned me, I felt it coming. Stop ignoring the patterns. That's all I have to say to you. Is it fair? If it were fair, I won't be who I am today. Me knowing it wasn't fair, what am I going to do about it now? I got to go make something happen. I found a pattern. Every 30 months, I have to start all over my life. Started the gym. 30 months later, Corona. Lose exactly 30 months. From 2017 to 2020. Began in 2020, lost my gym, had to start all over in L.A. Did my thing in L.A., guess how long I lived in L.A. for? 30 months. Lost everything, left. TikTok, June 28th, 2021, December 31st. 30 months. What happened after each time in my life, in your life, when you lost something... And something was taken away from you or you lost a loved one and it wasn't fair. Growth. Growth. When I sat at my table from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock, I understood. I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning at 4 a.m., Put on Jay-Z, on to the next. I got a million ways to get it. Went in my office with a cappuccino at 4.15, opened up my journal, and I said, 
I got to make another way. Jay-Z said, my uncle told me I'll never sell a million records. I sold a million records like a million times. Here's another one. Everybody can tell you. Everybody can tell you how to do it, but they never did it. I made this. I've done this before. I didn't make this video. TikTok deleted me. Or this, you know, podcast. TikTok deleted me. It's not fair. Yeah, we know. Guess what? People got it worse than me, bro. People lost a loved one today, you know? People, people have it worse than me. I came here to be like, yo, instead of making this announcement next week and having this all prepped up, I feel it right now. I want them to feel it. Because I've been walking around my house in circles. Like, yeah. If I hit a certain amount of sales of a book that <laughs> I was 100% going to hit with my platform, with the amount of traffic I had in my lives, oh, I was going to hit it. Now, I did drive a lot of people to, intuitively, something told me to drive people to my, more to my email list. The reason why I could have had a lot more, probably like a lot more, 10 times more people on my email list. The reason why I didn't, the first 15 months, I avoided making an email list. So I told you, if you're out there and you're an entrepreneur, don't make that mistake like I did. I did not want, I spent, I invested a lot of money learning about marketing. My ego never wanted to do an email list. Why? I'll tell you why. I couldn't read or write. I was embarrassed. I couldn't write. I just started writing like last year. Literally, May of 2020. I'm lying to you, 2022. Almost two years ago because we're in 24 now. May of 2022. I started, I started to write. I'm like, oh, maybe I can write a book. So embarrassed. I've been writing every day. I practice my game every day. So I'm getting better and better and better. And I think the book is the best thing I've ever done in my life. Any better, best thing I've ever created in my life. Like, I can die peacefully with that book. It's going to change a lot of people's lives. If you're working for a company, don't get comfortable. Don't allow somebody that, I didn't do this. Okay, I admit email intuitively it was a strong gut feeling that i was like i have to double down on that email list so after every live my call to action was that email list so if you're watching this right now and you listen to this you want to join my tribe link in the description free email five minute read each week i try to send you something to help you motivate and inspire you and that's a fact i do why because the email list is the only thing i truly own so YouTube, I don't own this. They can take this away from me. Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, they're gonna, they can take this away from me too. As an entrepreneur and people that work at a nine to five, which I'm gonna get to in a second, not, nine to five is not bad, by the way. If somebody would have paid me a half a million dollars, nine to five, and I, and I can see what I can do, I'll take it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't know if I'll take it. I just lied to you, actually. I don't know if I can take it. Um, probably. Depends on what it is. When you are an entrepreneur, make sure you're driving majority. Make sure you're smart about your money. Um, I think my biggest, I'd say my biggest mistake, because I'm not perfect, was buying a brand new Mercedes. I would never do that again. But 
I was very smart about my money. More education is going to be vital for you because what's going to happen is you'll learn that most of your competition as an entrepreneur and a coach or someone even working at a, a, a company, people, st- people get comfortable. You can't get comfortable. You have to learn. You have to adapt. Because if you don't adapt, then the service or the value you have is not as valuable. Therefore, you have a high chance of losing your position or not having freedom. They don't like when I talk like this, but I'm going to tell you. Never allow just one stream of income. And that's what I didn't do. I never allowed one channel to bring me money, even though TikTok is the, was my number one. Never allow one, one thing of income. Don't ever get comfortable thinking a promise. Someone promised me equity in the business. They didn't give it to me. I, I deserve to be banned off TikTok if I violate a community guidelines consistent. I didn't do any of that. I didn't put any image. I actually stopped presenting a lot of pictures with anatomy because I was scared. But I was very smart with my money. And I, I learned about business where I learned on how to make my money work for me. Don't let one stream of income. And this is, guys, I have no money. Like, I'm going to be real with you. Like, I'm not that guy messing to, like, the next thing that makes you super rich tomorrow. I'm not that type of guy. But I will tell you one thing. If I'm, I'll give you a small example. If I'm editing a video on a, on a laptop and it keeps freezing on me and, I, and it makes me frustrated, I'm not able to really be consistent or whatever, I would take 3000 and buy a brand new laptop with no problem. Now I'm able to double down on my videos and my videos bring in traffic and then I'm able to fix the website and do it. Now I'm, I'm increasing conversions. I have no problem doing that. You want to make sure you have capital for the next move that you want to do. Don't be, don't let your... Don't let yourself feel like you're stuck or you're trapped. So if something like this were to happen to you, then you put yourself in a position that you feel like you're desperate. So why didn't I reach out? Why didn't? Because they're going to do it again. They'll do it again. Imagine if they did this two, three months before the book came out. And I, and I had all my ideas. Because my whole blueprint, my whole marketing campaign was... 90% through that because that's the highest conversion rates I have. But imagine if they did this right before the book came out. <laughs> Thank God it happened now. So I won't be making another account. I won't. I, I'm, if they contact me and say it was a mistake, I would never make another TikTok video again. Never. The only thing I would ever do, if they were to ever reach out and say, oh, I'm sorry, I would go on TikTok Live and say, hi, guys, welcome back to another Be Great with Nate TikTok Live. You see this beautiful presentation? If you want to watch it, click the link in the bio. I'm going to be on YouTube Live. (laughs) I would never do that because integrity is everything to me. Loyalty is everything to me. Number two, for both sides of people, have the same energy that you had when you wanted the thing you wanted. 
have it today. The same energy. Don't get comfortable and don't expect things. The same hunger that you had to get to the highest point in your life, have it. I wake up every day with this hunger. Every day. You got to take care of yourself. When I come on here and I tell you these things, it doesn't come from me reading a book and writing down notes and then making a video. I live it. Everything. I live it. If I'm telling you how to lose weight, I just lost 30. If I'm telling you how to, you know, be smart with your money, I'm telling you what I did and I'm telling you what just happened to my life. I only had to sell a certain amount to make a lot. Just being real with you. When you make a certain amount, you get booked as a speaker. You get booked as a speaker and you make a certain amount, depending on how much you make, you make a certain amount of speech. 50,000, 100,000. You see what I'm saying here? This is bigger than just, you know what I'm saying? This is, oh my God, I lost my views. No, it's more than that. But at the same time, thank God it happened. Because there was a part of me that didn't want to make content because I felt like I was stuck or I felt like I couldn't be me because I was getting punished for no reason. I was being used. Wasn't making any ad revenue over there. I probably made $500 in three years. I have over 100 million views. It was a wake-up call. But that being said, you will find your boy doing YouTube lives. And I'm going to have to start all over. And I'm fine with that. Because if I did it one time, I can do it again. And even if it's on a different platform, even if it's on a different platform, Jay-Z said, put me anywhere on God's green earth and I'll triple my worth. Put me anywhere. I'll make it happen. Because that's what I do. So for all of you that watched me on TikTok, that found me, maybe came to YouTube or my podcast, thank you. For those that found me through Sahara Rose, Sahara Rose found me from TikTok. And you're here with me. Thank you. My goal now is to continue to push you to be the best version of yourself. And at the end of the day, you ain't stopping me. Take the account. They take the YouTube account. Take it. I'll be back. I'll be on the next thing. I'll find a way. I may just buy an advertisement for your local commercial. I'm like, hey, how are you? I got 30 seconds. Okay. So if you hit flick, no, I'm playing with you. I'm not going to do all that. But I'll find a way. As soon as you make a decision with the mind like that, fear can't enter. As soon as you don't make a decision, you become indecisive. Fear is messing with you. I work with God. I work with faith. I believe in the best is going to happen even in the worst times. Because the more you study the greats, the greats at sports, music, whatever. 
they all have went through the worst adversity or biggest adversity that you can ever ask for. And look how they respond. Look how Kobe Bryant responded when he tore his Achilles. Look how Michael Jordan responded when he lost his father, went to baseball, and then came back and won three championships. Look how they respond. It's a part of being great. Nate, this is a part of being great. This is the price you have to pay. Unfair. Anytime you feel like something's unfair, you go, uh-oh, time to turn up. It's a part of the rhythm of life. It's the gift and a curse. And I hope I inspired you to have a different perspective about when you take losses by exposing everything about myself. This is January. This is well, happy new year, <laughs> right? I just told you how to change your subconscious mind. And I still got, I still got to continue to go through my beautiful little podcast series. I have written down for you. Got to interfere with that and be like, Hey, listen, just want to let you know, they just took my account down over a hundred million views or whatever, whatever. I worked really hard on, you know, the last two and a half years. Um, so hopefully the information that I provide now in the next episode, episode, maybe you can see when I say when bad things happen, how to stay positive. You can see that I'm actually living it. Hopefully we can, uh, we can actually take action and change. Right. I wanted to be more inspiring, but this is January 2024 first week. Let's look back on YouTube and let's look back on your local on Instagram you're going to see me popping up. Thank God I came home and took care of myself. Thank God I took care of my mind, my body, and my emotions, and I got 30 pounds off. Thank God I learned the life lessons I did, and I didn't make dumb decisions with spending money on an S-Class again. Thank God it happened now. It couldn't happen at a better time. And that's a fact. This happened last year? Oh, I would have been on the phone all day, calling people, making something happen, calling TikTok. No, they'll do it again to me. No, it's okay. I got to move on. TikTok version of Nate Ortiz is dead. Be great with Nate is now doubling down on YouTube. I will be doing YouTube lives over the weekend. If you're not on the tribe list, you want to get on it. I will be telling you when I'm going live. We're going ham. And guess what? When I'm done, now you keep asking people, the number one request was, how can I rewatch this? Oh, it's there on YouTube now. <laughs> when I'm done, it gets uploaded. You can rewatch it. You can share it with your cousin. Do your thing. Podcast, hope you're enjoying the new audio, the new, you know, trying to amp things up a little bit and, and bring this to the next level. So I want to give you a raw, authentic version of this. I want to give you my heart, my emotions. I have no bitterness. It just feels good to tell the truth. It feels good to show you, hey, if I would have came in next week, this would have sounded like this. All right, guys, welcome back to Be Great with Nate. All right, so I have some updates for you. What I want to tell you right now is when bad things happen, here's how you can respond. Last year I woke up. I mean, last week I woke up and I found out that my TikTok account was 
banned. I mean, I don't know. Nah, we ain't doing that, Nate. We going, I just got off the uh, call meetings all day. Calls with clients. Eight o'clock at night. Came out, my fan says, hey, baby, you hungry? I said, let's go upstairs, set up the studio. I'm just going to get it off my heart. I already wrote eight pages about it in a blog that I'll be putting down below. It's not done yet because I'm putting this out tonight. It is 11 o'clock at night. This is going out 12, 1 o'clock Eastern time in the morning. I don't care. I'm putting it out. It has to go out right now because the this is the energy behind it. It needs to be raw. It needs to be raw. Let me know what you learned from this. You know, what you learn from this? Um, what would you like to see? What haven't I brought to you that you would like to see? Are you excited for the new, the new shift that we're making here? Are you excited for us to go triple down on YouTube and podcasts and some Instagram here and there? The reason why I don't really do Instagram, like I don't make it the main one because they have the same power the other app has. I've seen people lose their account on there too. I've seen people get flagged down for not doing anything against guidelines. You know, so um, I'm not super excited about that app, but I do have a good, you know, solid group of people there, which I'll show some love to. But pod, YouTube and podcast are my main priority. That's my main two right now. That's my main goals. Let me know if there's anything else that you haven't seen that you want to see. And again, I'm going to conclude this by saying, don't get too comfortable. Stay the same hunger when you keep the same hunger as your energy towards your dreams and your goals. And I'll say this and I'll say this again. Think about a time that you thought everything was over and you lost things. And look how you bounce back. You did it there. You could do it again now. I don't feel sorry about the situation. Please don't feel sorry for me. Don't feel sorry for me. I mean that. We over here now. Let's make things happen. If I call myself Be Great with Nate, I have to continue to prove that to you. I have to keep continue to show that. I have to go through things like this so you actually become truly inspired besides me just, okay, I made it in life. I went through this as a kid. I made it in life and now I'm going to teach you all these things. Now nah, I'm going through it. I got a documentary of the last year of all the things I went through that I'm going to be putting up on YouTube. I'm going through it. I'm a human. You're a human. Let's bring real human content back. Let's be real again. And let's continue to be the best version of ourselves. Thank you for being here. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you were here with me today. I appreciate that. Peace.